Let's get this W on three. One, two, three. to the W Podcast, hosted by Princess and Love. On to another episode of the W Podcast. As always, I am your, one of your co-hosts, Princess Streeter, and I am joined by my other lovely half of the W Podcast, Lo. Lo, how are you doing today? I'm good. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in yet to another amazing episode. And it's one of my favorite episodes because I love when we have guests. I love when we have people who join us. So we have a very special guest today and I'm excited. Yay. Yes. Yes, that is the best. That is honestly like the best part where we can actually like facilitate conversations across, you know, the WNBA with different personnel, not just players, not just coaches. And a great example is we have none other than the official New York Knicks, as well as the New York Liberty, and a MC of many other big brands and talents. We have with us the one and only Tiff McFierce. Tiff, how are you tonight? Hi, ladies. I'm good. What's up? Everybody listening. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, y'all can't y'all can't see Tiff, but right now she came on the podcast like super fly, like <laughs> the bamboo earrings, the little taper cuts, like. So I did not look like this a minute ago um, at all. <laughs> like, I just like spooked my hair real quick and was like, let me just throw on some lip gloss because I cannot come on here looking crazy. And y'all be like, oh, I was with the, the DJ of the Madison Square Garden. She looks a mess. <laughs> do you see how we look right now, though? See, this is a good thing. <laughs> the, the listeners do not see how we look like. I'm in bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure Princess is in bed. As well, she's sitting up though. Yeah, I me, mean, I'm at an angle trying to be comfortable because I have to hold up this this uh, iPad. But thank you for joining us. Um, there's so much that we want to talk to you about. We both love the WNBA, but we're also fans of music and pop culture, hip hop culture, everything of the sort. So it's really cool to have you on the uh, show today because um, with the W podcast, we try to mix everything. So mm-hmm. there, we in addition to talking about women's basketball. We don't like to keep it just solely about that. We like to kind of bridge the gap between women's basketball and pop culture, talk a little bit about topics and also show how the both how both intertwine and how the ladies of, you know, college basketball and the WNBA and even women who play overseas, um, how they contribute to the culture, right? Yeah. So we're yeah. gonna dive right in. Um First and foremost, actually, I was on your website checking out your uh, your bio just to learn a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. And, and what I found interesting is that you were you were a trained or you are a trained professional dancer since you were like six. Yeah, and you performed all over the world, including in Spain and London. And you've also worked with many choreographers and different musicians and different artists. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that many people don't know about me is I actually love dance. I wanted to be a dancer. I already know women in the industry who are like my go-to that I, I adored them. I love them. I'm not dancing anymore. I'm 30, 32. That's long and gone, but, but I'm just saying. So it was just really interesting to see that. So talk to us a little bit about how you got your start in music, um, how the dance kind of prepare you for that, and how did you end up becoming uh, a DJ? So I... I did dance for a really long time. Um, I actually just stopped dancing professionally, like my full time, I would say about two years now. Um, So I'm also the same age, I'm 32. So I've been dancing. Five babies in the house. (laughs) Yeah, so I I have been dancing that whole time and I've been DJing about like six, seven years. And music was just always, that was something that was always with me. It was in my house, like a lot of artistic people and people that just grow up with a lot of music around them. Um, My whole family played music. I was into music very young. Um, And I 
knew what I wanted to do fairly young because I was dancing so young. So, you know, I had told my Nana, like I was going to be a professional dancer and um, a psychoanalytic therapist. Like those were going to be my two jobs. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but I knew I wanted to DJ and actually I wanted to produce when I was younger too. Um, Just because I love the way the DJ and producers could make such amazing music and control crowds. And seeing that as a little girl, you know, born in the 80s, coming up in the 90s, it's it was just very different than what it is today. Um, and you got to see the artistry of that and like play with music and manipulate music. So as a dancer and doing choreography and choreographing and stuff, I loved being able to manipulate sound. Um, so I kind of always just been into music. Like my start started very young and um, it just kind of went from there. So what, how would you describe your style? Because obviously different DJs, not just in the sense of what kind of music that you kind of tend to gravitate towards when you play different shows, but how would you describe your style? What makes you unique versus other DJs, both male and female? Um, I know my music very well. So I, I play open format. And I play, you know, at the Garden and so many other different venues, clients and stuff. So my range um, has to be well thought out. And I've always been like that. Um, I think what makes me different is the fact that I always listened to the music I played that I play now. I listened to that coming up. So I loved alternative. I loved rock, um, pop, dance music, um, house music and reggae, hip hop, dance hall. So, you know, those sounds to me aren't foreign. And I think that that makes it easier for me to put my stamp on things. My favorite genre of music is soul, R&B, and uh, hip hop, and dancehall, like dancehall reggae. So I can always take influences from, you know, what I love and, you know, other things I love too, but my favorites and merge them together and put them together and they don't sound foreign. So I know that that's a big thing with my sound that people love is my my music selection. So I always try to give them things that make you go, oh, my God, I haven't heard that song in forever. Um, Or, wow, I wouldn't have never thought to put that together with that wordplay or um, playing a sample and then playing, you know, the song that it was sampled from and playing the other song that it was sampled from and like going deep into the samples Um, and just having fun with it like because I'm a dancer I know how to make people dance like I'm just there's just never not a time where that's not gonna happen and I finally have you know felt comfortable enough to say that that it's like that's just what I'm you know I'm I'm good at I'm good at making that experience you know from beginning middle end and taking you on that journey and making you feel you know like you got lost for a second and I think that that makes a really good DJ and somebody that's really good at just entertaining and i have to ask who are some of your particularly who are some of your dance influences whether it's an artist whether it's certain choreographers and also to piggyback off that question i just asked as well who has mentored you in the industry like is there any artists or any female djs that you look up to or that have reached out to you and kind of guided you along the journey so far So my favorite, favorite, favorite person and just musically dance wise and all together, um, she's like my soul sister in my in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit is Janet Jackson. She's a big influence for me. Um, I I love Demita Joe. Like I rock with her so heavy. And, (laughs) you know, it was like just seeing someone that looks like me. And seeing someone that danced and and performed and was just like fearless with it, she's just amazing. Um, Tina Landon is one of my favorite choreographers. Um, who did you know all the Janet stuff? Paula Abdul, her early choreographer, and Paula is just so jazz and so just Paula makes a lot of sense. Um, trying to think of like my other favorite choreographer. No one's asked me this in a very long time. So this is like, <laughs> I feel like very like, oh my God. Um, ah, who are some of my other favorite choreographers? Um, 
I enjoy like Rhapsody, Rhapsody James. She's one of my uh, favorite choreographers and I've gotten to like dance with her before. Um, and she's just dope. Uh, Jared Jenkins, who's also one of my best friends. He's one of my favorite choreo choreographers. Keenan Cooks, um, God, Brian Friedman. He's like, oh, I used to love Brian Friedman. Um, God, I'm like, who else, who else? Um, there's a few. And as far as like female DJs, Coco Chanel for me is somebody that when I used to see her and hear her on Hot 97 in New York, that was um, just amazing. She just always had like the swoop doobie and like fly and her nails were always done and she would just be scratching with her nails and like just, she was just popping to me. Um, and it's funny, so I've gotten to meet her a few times. And it's so weird when you meet people that you're like, yo, I want to like, when you're little, you're like, oh, I want to do that. And then, excuse me, you meet them and then they're, you know, they like your work. That's very humbling. Like, and, and they continuously like your work. So Coco Chanel, Jazzy Joyce, um, someone else that I like, you know, to have her number in my phone is like so weird to me. Beverly Bond is um, such an amazing person, very inspiring. She's really supportive of my career and she's always, you know, giving me like a good word and like she likes how I play. Um, Spinderella was also someone I kind of looked up to um, just DJ wise. Um, yeah, like those are like the main like DJs too that I would see. Um, that were women, and I would be like, oh, this is really dope. Like, I, I could do that. I want to do that. Nice. So not many people know this, but we met you at the WNBA draft, and I was telling Lo um, about the vibe of the draft. I mean, the event was so social and fun, and a lot of that, of course, was attributed to the music that you curated and played. Um, and we also noticed during the event that you took a picture with President Lisa Borders, um, and you all look like you have a great relationship. So I have to ask you, just how did you get involved with the WNBA and the New York Liberty and the Madison Square Garden family? Thank you for that, first of all, because that's just, thank you. <laughs> Music is a very big, important component to like these type of, types of events. And I actually musically directed um, the WNBA draft last year and this year. So I'm corresponding with, you know, Miss um, Lisa Borders walking up to go, you know, present the first round draft picks and like their walk up music. And, you know, just thinking about what's current and also what speaks to the moment of the draft, what's going on. Cause it's a, you know, people's lives are changing, especially like first round draft picks. Like it's, it's a big deal. Um, you know, I like to play off sometimes the cities they're going to, um, different sounds that make sense. Um, and then we're also on ESPN too. So yeah, thank you for that. Like that's a huge, huge compliment. And I'm really humbled by that. And I'm glad you guys had like such a good time. Um, yeah. And I got, so I basically started at the garden as 7th Ave Squad. So 7th Ave Squad is the entertainment team, one of the best entertainment teams in the in the NBA league. And they are the entertainment team for the New York Knicks. And I took that job with the intention of just, you know, learning the lay of the land, learning how, you know, entertainment in-house was done there. Uh, Cause I already have been DJing um, for a while. This will be my fifth season with the garden, my fourth season musically coming up. Um, as far as Knicks um, and Liberty. And I knew what my goal was. Um, I wanted to DJ at the Garden for almost like 10 years. And I just came in, worked really hard. And like after a season, I said, okay, I think I'm gonna, you know, make a move, see what happens. So I submitted um, a mix to uh, my musical director, Ray uh, Castoldi, and he wanted me to come in to do a guest DJ spot for Liberty. Um, so sometimes we have guest DJs come in for Knicks and Liberty, um, all different types of talent um, for a game. 
And I, when I sent him the mix, he, he, you know, he told me, he was like, I already had heard of you from before, like even just in passing, like your name has come up before I even, um, you know, came to the garden. And he really enjoyed my mix and my music selection. And I told him, I was like, I do musical direction. This is what, you know, I do um, as far as like DJing and stuff. And I would love to, um, you know, just if you ever consider bringing someone else onto the musical team, like, I would love to be considered for that. I can send you more stuff. And he was just like, wow, we've never had, like, first of all, he was just kind of like, I didn't know that that's what you did. And this is great. And he was like, we've never had a woman um, do this for Knicks or for Liberty. And he's like, I feel like this would be like a great addition. Um, and then it went from there. And then I was hired. So it was like, it was, it was weird because you know, from my mouth, you know, from my lips to God's ears, it was kind of just like I, I knew what I came in there to do when I came in there with the mission, with the mission to do that, and it got done, and it was like, oh, okay, you know. So I, I was a little like taken aback, and that would always happen to me before, like I would get different gigs and just be like, oh, wow, is this really happening? But I mean, it's like what you work for, so. You know, I think after a while, it's like something's supposed to happen. So then I started doing, um, as in my first season, Knicks and Liberty. And then, you know, we've just been going from there. So, yeah, so like Princess was saying, um, definitely amazing to hear your story. And what I'm interested, what we're interested in knowing is what makes working with the, the W, actually, no, to backtrack. When you told your, I guess, peers in the industry that you were going to be DJing for MSG and for the Liberty, what was the reaction like? Because, um, you know, you already had this goal set out, you know, for almost 10 years. You knew you wanted to be at the Garden. You know you wanted to DJ at an arena. But when you told others that you were going to be DJing for a WNBA team or a women's team, what was, it, was there any kind of reaction? And if so, what was it like? Yeah, I mean, I definitely told, like, my family. Um, I told, like, my Nana and, like, my mother and, you know, just my aunt and stuff. And I was just like, you know, um, like, when I told them, when I was guest DJing, DJing everybody came um, to that game. And then when I told them, you know, I think I'm going to be working with them. And then when it happened, and, you know, like, the first time I, like, I went up to Shadow and stuff like that, and I was telling them about it. And everybody was just kind of like, their reaction was more of anytime anything happens, they're they're really proud. But they also see me like day in and day out. And like, they know like the years of like, just the relentless grind of like, even still what the grind is and, and watching me and watching how I've just been so like, like this is not going to break me like I'm going to figure it out so for them I think it's more of a reaction of um just being proud of me for like sticking to my guns and making things happen as an entrepreneur as um you know just going for it you know and not really stopping um I really just told like people close to me and I didn't really tell them tell them to look like I was into like my third game or so um, cause sometimes like just being a dancer, like you just, it ain't over till it's over. Like, so the gig is not over until it's wrapped. So at any point, you know what I'm saying? People change their minds and they want to go different directions. So I didn't really say anything about me being added onto the musical team until a few games in where I felt comfortable enough to say something to them. And then I, you know, told other people and like, I just posted it or whatever. Okay, so what are your thoughts on some of the current women's equity movements, such as Time's Up, She Is, The Fight for Equal Pay? What are women like yourself doing in the music industry to contribute to that change? Um, I think that it's just so bogus that I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I think it's so bogus <laughs> that women are, you know... <laughs> First of all, anybody, if we're going to do this social construct of money and work and whatever, whoever made this up, then we're going to do it, right? So I don't deserve any less 
than anybody else because they're a male or their skin color is different or whatever. And that's something that is just a consistent thing. It is, you know, it happens. It happens to me and it continues to happen to me. And something that I do as I speak up for myself, um, you know, there's, there's, it's just so funny how as a woman you're made to feel um, like you shouldn't be too intimidating and you shouldn't really overcross the line and you shouldn't really ask for things. And I've definitely, you know, not taken things because I felt like, you know, whoever was asking me had the coins to pay me and they didn't want to. They, did, they felt like they didn't have to. Um, and sometimes, you know, people come back and they say, oh, you know, well, we could do this number or whatever, like past just negotiation. It's just like, they just felt like I didn't deserve that. And I've always felt like if, if you feel like that, then maybe that's not where I need to be putting my services towards. Um, it's really something that bothers me because there's so many young girls that want to do so many things in life, just whatever, you know, they dream about. And, you know, that, that, you know, illusionary, you know, reality quote unquote is going to hit where it's like they're going to see it's it's you know you're not going to be valued as much and I want them to just not let that stop them and not let that be something they go by but stand up because the more of us that stand up you know the more they can't you know you can't really do something they're strength in numbers but I think it's just I think it's whack I think it's super corny I think that at some point it's like when are people gonna free their minds and like move out of this um, it's, I'm trying to give you the nicest answer without cursing <laughs> right now, to be very honest. A safe space. We welcome everyone to speak freely. <laughs> this is not your average, uh, you know, corporate America setting. Please keep it all the way real <laughs> and say whatever you need to say. But I think that it's, um, you know, the movements that women do, um, you know, first of all, women just move things. Women have that strength in them. We're born with that. We know how to overcome things. And, you know, I'm always going to be a part of anything that's really going to take care of women, especially women of color. Like, I'm, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, thing to like tackle. And, and I'm just down for doing anything that is going to uplift you know, women and girls and girls that look like me and, you know, they need to know that they're worth whatever they think they're worth. And that's the, that's a real key point of it too. Like know your worth. Like after a while, people cannot keep hitting you with, you know, oh, it's for a look or, you know, it's for uh, the exposure, you know, like I am the exposure. I am the look like you coming to me. So don't like, don't even, don't even hit me with that. Like you would never do that, you know, past a certain point. And I, you know, obviously dues need to be paid and you, you know, you always want to work and, but there's different levels to different dues. And I think that people sometimes try to come over on women, you know, with that. And it's like, nah, like we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting with everything you just said too, because when you think about the push for equality and equal rights and equal pay, you know, this is something that the ladies at the WNBA obviously have been in the forefront of, and especially more so in recent years with you know all the injustices that are going on whether it's racial injustices or police brutality or anything you know the ladies of the WNBA have been at the forefront have sacrificed you know salary even um and risk getting even more scrutiny to say listen this is not okay you know we deserve equal pay now you're seeing a lot more players being vocal about you know that they deserve equal coverage or just as much coverage or uh as you know their male counterparts or not even male counterparts but just other sports in general because mm -hmm. when you know u.s open time comes around obviously it's a big thing because men and women mm -hmm. and they're just being vocal and they're like you know enough is enough we work hard we play hard we are human we have lives and stories to tell and we deserve to have the right to feed our families with the same amount of money that that person over there um yep. uses to feed their families and they put we put in the same amount of work if not longer you know, play longer during the year or whatever. So I think, um, you know, I just think it's such a beautiful moment right now to see women finally just say, you know, I got to be nice for what? Like, in the words yeah. of Drake. Like, you know what I mean? I, but I feel like, I feel like, honestly, like, women, there are women that have been doing it for a while. And I think what happens is that we have more of a way to see it faster. 
um, the phone is so instant. So like you can see things so instantly. Um, but there's definitely women, you know, before us that were really doing this and hitting the pavement and women you just don't even know about that, you know, just every day just standing up for themselves and saying no. And I think that also women need to be careful of marketing because humans work in a funny way. So if everything's catching wildfire and this is the thing, then it's like, oh, cool, let's use her for this or let's use them for that. And then when that fire gives out, what happens? Like, we still got the same uh, things going on, same issues. And like, those can't lose steam. So women need to continue to be what do what we do and be, you know, and persevere and make sure that we stay on top of things and, you know, don't get too caught up in just, like movements are movements, but like movements have to have moves behind them. And people will try to like, just kind of, you know, bamboozle you real quick just to get the look that they need. And then they leave. And then it's like, they're not even helping you with the movement. So mm-hmm. I think that that's just a, an important thing for women to keep coming together, having conversations, putting motion behind stuff and, you know, really taking steps to use each other in our, you know, realms of what we're good at to make things happen. In terms of what you just said about women and women in marketing and controlling the narrative and controlling the movement, how important is entrepreneurship and having your own brand and control of that brand to use your voice? It's very important for me to be able to use my platform to say what I want to say and, and, and stick behind things that I think are important. My mom told me a while back, she was like, you know, you were a, a a brand air quotes before you know you really knew what that word was you've always been who you are and i think it's important for me in my growth as a human obviously and and you know being a woman there are certain things that are important to me so i'm going to always kind of you know go for those things regardless if it's one person or 1 million listening like i'm going to i'm going to go for that but if I have something that I've created, you know, through the grace of hire and 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 I'm being put there, like it's very important for me to use that. Um, and I don't really want to misuse my influence for anything, for any gain, because, you know, at the end of the day, like real life is happening all the time. So, you know, whatever I feel like I'm going to push as an entrepreneur and with a brand, I'm going to make sure that, it, you know, it is applying to my real life. And to lives around me, and that, that that I think people need to hear. I think it's 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 extremely important. If you get that chance to do it, then do it. You know, obviously it's being it's being given because you know it's for a purpose. I actually want to piggyback and add a question to that. So you being in the music industry, uh, us over here in media, obviously we are part of that group that controls narratives, right? We mm-hmm. kind of in our own way kind of dic- not dictate but we do in- have influence over people who support us as to what's hot and what's not mm-hmm. or different opinions or different thoughts right mm-hmm. um i'm curious to know based on your experience working with the lib and working you know with msg what do you feel us in the entertainment side of things and media side that we can do better to continue to push women's basketball culture forward Based off your experience and what you've seen, like in covering uh, and working with the, the Liberty and the, the team, because obviously the reason I ask that question is because I think a lot of times when people talk about, uh, you know, the way women's sports can be covered, I refuse to put any, I refuse to put any kind of responsibility or majority responsibility on the player because they're yeah. doing what they have to do. They come out, they they show out, and you know, they're they're good. So what can we over here who kind of have that power to say what is and what isn't, what can we do to kind of push the culture forward? I think that the culture of women's sports and women's basketball can be pushed forward by it being just seen as something that's just as equal as men's sports and men's basketball, period. That's just, that's a mental thing. Like people will have to accept that. And if people don't think something's important, they're not going to cover it. But that's not really true because people covering all types of unimportant things every day. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of 
switching the conversation. A lot of times too, when I'm talking about anything pertaining women, I don't really care to always discuss like what the verses are, you know, versus men and things. Like I want to show women in all their grand and their splendor and you can, you know, then come and see that and cover it. But I think it's really like people just have to start to realize like, the the like it just is what it is you know what i'm saying like we all it's a game and we're all playing like everybody's playing so one is not more important than the other like no matter how you do it and you need to give the same opportunities to these players that other players get and this is just in women's sports in general you know what i'm saying like if we gonna cover everything then let's cover everything if you know there's endorsement deals or whatever then you know, let's get that. If we showcasing people on one side, then we got to showcase the other gender too. So I think it's about just rallying behind, um, you know, just people in general and just coming together and supporting what's going on. Um, you know, that will probably be, be like a good start to really just, you know, it's not a second class thing. Absolutely. But you know, that'll take a long time, so you think so i think i think it's a change i, I see a little i think change in humans take a long time so and it needs and change in humans is something that needs to be conscious so you need to consciously change it's like someone that's trying to quit smoking cigarettes needs to sit down and say all right i'm done i, I don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore why don't i want to smoke cigarettes anymore how do i feel like there's questions to answer physically maybe write it down then you take steps and you know change is just it just takes long and it takes commitment and people got to commit to things and until people commit to things you know if you don't commit to changing yourself the collective doesn't change so that's a big thing too you know and people think that media and entertainment is just like like it doesn't take all that and it's oh that's too deep for that no this is life too like if we're gonna create it and do it we're here this is what it is so like that type of change starts from like the root, you know what I'm saying? It's even like just not saying little things maybe, like how you describe different players and in, in different sports and things like that. I agree. Okay, so when you're working, I don't know how much time you actually get to watch the games, but what are you most excited about for this upcoming season with the Liberty? Could it be the new location? Could it be the return of Brittany Boyd? What are you excited about or what are you excited to see the Liberty do in this upcoming year? Um, I'm always excited to see the players. Uh, they play really hard. And when people are in New York, whether you're from New York or you're just in New York, there's always just a, um, it's just a, it's, it's, it's just something in the air. Like, you know, like you want to do well and you play hard and you know that, you know, you're coming here to um you know to really go ham and go in um and the liberty is such a great team um i'm definitely excited uh to see boyd i'm always like excited to see uh boyd and charles um you know that's always dope and i i just i i always the fans the fans the fans are always fun excited elated you know they're down and and to be around fans that really care about the game, um, it's a great community of fans too. Um, they're so fun. Um, it's fun when everybody is, you know, into the game and and we're you know wherever we're coming from. If we're down and we're coming up, and you know, it's everybody's really engaged, and I have a good time keeping people engaged. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that for sure. Always to like be back. You know, it's the summertime. It's 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 just a different air about things, you know. Um, I'm excited to see um, Kia be with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see what that's gonna be like. You know, it's just it's just fun to it's you know it's like you come in like home from summer camp or something like that, and you just like the whole crew's there. You just ready to like get to it, like the school year and stuff. So. What else is taking up your schedule? Because you just killed BeautyCon, which I heard was an amazing time. And it looked, based on your Instagram, like so much fun. Yeah. So what are some big gigs and events that uh, people can expect to see you at coming up as well? 
Um, yeah, BeautyCon was so much fun. Um, I did BeautyCon New York, and I was actually the first ever musical curator for BeautyCon. So I musically directed the whole festival. Um, and it was like anything that wasn't coming from my DJ sets or the other DJs that were also like featured. So in all the rooms and the stages, that was all music that I put together. And it was actually listed on WWD um, as the top five things at BeautyCon. So like that was really dope to, um, wow. you know, just be able to be in my city and be somewhere at the Jacob Javits Center, somewhere that I've worked like as a brand ambassador for festivals and things like that. When I was like, you know, hustling while I was doing what I'm doing and, you know, just, you know, five, six years ago, like, and being like, you know, like at Sisters and Circles or just other things and being like, yo, I'm gonna be one of these DJs, I'm gonna be one of these DJs. And then, you know, you're actually like musically directing you know, for the Jacob Jobs and like, I, I forget how many people were at BeautyCon. It was the first sold out one too. So it was just a lot of like trailblazing moments. And I'm, I'm humbled that they, you know, trust me enough and they trust my style and they trust my musical choices to do that. Um, and it was like, it was such a thing because on Sunday I got to walk around a little bit before my set. And it was like, I couldn't hold back tears because I couldn't believe that it was like every room I walked in, it was different music that I had put together. I just, it was mind boggling. And I would see videos of people like jamming and, you know what I'm saying? Like reading comments and people being like, oh, the music was popping. And it's like, they don't know, you know? So, or I would walk past people and they would be dancing and I'm just like, okay, so they like this song, all right? They like this choice. So so that was dope. Um, you were I'm there like, on I, Sunday? I was there both days. I was there on Sunday. Yeah, I did and main- I checked, I checked the website and it said that you were on for Saturday. Yeah, I so did the main stage on Saturday. To see you on Saturday. I only got but to see Sunday, you. I did the VIP lounge. Um, so, yeah. So that's why. Sunday was my, Saturday was my main stage. Like, we have a main DJ stage. Yeah, I so Saturday, I did prime time. I did from two to six. And then um, Sunday, I DJed um, the VIP um, that we had. And then, like, all the music was just all the stuff that I had put together. Um, and then I'll well, be in was, by the way. It was thank you. Now that thank I know you. that you put everyone's set or had your hand in everyone's set, the set that I heard, it was well, no, not the DJ and... set. So everything that was playing that wasn't a DJ. So anytime oh. there's a DJ, that's their music. But when that's you're walking music. around the entire festival in the different rooms at the different stages, that's the music I put together. Okay, either way, it was just a great vibe. and. With because you had your hand in the musical selection, it definitely created like a really, really dope fly atmosphere and a perfect atmosphere to spend money. Yeah, and I mean, I want people when they, I try to, I try to tell, like, I try to keep it like, you know, if you're in New York, I'm from New York, you know what I'm saying? So I'm about to give you like a full experience of everything, but like, I definitely threw a lot of New York in there. And um, I'll be back for BeautyCon in LA um, July 14th and 15th, and then I will be doing our NBA, WNBA, and G League float for the Pride Parade. So we were the first ever sports league to put a float into the New York Pride Parade. Um, so for the past two years, we've had it, and I've been the musical director and MC of that. So I DJ that float um, for Pride coming up. I'm also going to be doing um, something else for Shape Magazine in LA, they're having an event and I think there's something else I'm doing. That's like, like a big thing. I forget though. Um, and just some other shows I have like a game show I'm DJing for. Um, and then I'm working on my um, web series. So we're still in production. It's been in production for like over a year and um, just filming that and writing it, producing it myself. Um, musically supervising it so just all of all that comes with that and taping the episodes and stuff like that so yeah and I'm I'm gonna be doing some more events I haven't really curated my own events in a while so besides my wellness events I do have wellness events that I do that incorporate music movement and meditation so I did two already um, with yoga meditation and music so those will be you know a few more in the summer and the fall as well nice what's your web series about that sounds pretty interesting 
it is so interesting. Oh my God. It's like, I can't <laughs> really say too, too much about it. Like everybody who's on it, like every, literally like NDAs, like nobody could say anything, but it does have to do with real life, wellness, um, mental health, success and music. So it's like all encompassed in one. So like once it drops, like I could come back and talk about it. And then like, be like, here it is, guys, watch it. Can't wait to watch it. Can we be, can we be fierce mixtape, like a one-stop shop for all of your sets and best music, maybe? Um, on my website, tiffmcfierce.com, like I have like Tiff TV, so like all my visuals are there. And then I have McFierce mixtapes. Um, my Spotify too. I have been doing some playlists on Spotify. So Spotify, um, username at Tiff McFierce. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and just when I'm playing out, like I always, and my Instagram, obviously, like I always post up when I'm playing out. Um, if there's anything that people can come to at Tiff McFierce. But um, my SoundCloud or Spotify, Tiff McFierce, you can find like music on there. Well, we appreciate your time. But before we let you go, I just want to ask you just one more question. Mm -hmm. I just realized that we finally have a music-oriented guest on the show. And we haven't asked you anything about what you actually listen to when you're not working. When ah. you're not DJing. What is on your current playlist? Who are you checking for? Who is like, what artists are staples in your rotation? Like, what do you like to listen to? Who you I love... To? old school music, old old school soul. I'm a big R&B head. I love especially old school R&B. Um, like on any given day, like what I'm listening to is really weird. Like the other day I went to, to Jazz Fest to see Anita Baker, which was amazing. And like that whole weekend, I was just listening to like Alina, Anita Baker, Sister Sledge. Um, I saw, you know, Frankie Beverly and May. So I was like in that vibe. And I'm always kind of in that vibe. Like for me, I can never go wrong with like classics, old school R&B, old school hip hop. Um, there's a lot of like new girls, that, or not new girls, but like um, edgy, like hip hop. Um, they do like, they, they sing, they rap, they kind of fuse everything together. Um, I'm trying to think. Who was I just listening to the other day? Um, Day Burger. I like Day Burger. Um, Rihanna J. Um, there's a few people. I hold on, let me look. I was not prepared for this. Asking me about music is always the hardest thing because like my brain is always in a million different songs. Um This is were you a fan of Sabrina Claudio before she got canceled? Oh, who? Sabrina, um, isn't it Claudio? Claudio, the singer. Before, what? before they found her old tweets and she was dropping the N word five, six, seven times in one tweet. Oh, I I heard some of her stuff, and then I I mean I wasn't really like OD oh. on her or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean I'm you know when people get canceled for stuff like that I'll be like. Oh. I just be like, oh well, sorry, girl, can't help you. Um, <laughs> Xavier Omar, somebody I, I really like. Um, Daniel Caesar, um, a good one. I was pulling up some old Rihanna albums the other day. Cause Rihanna got some bangers, like she's like Rihanna has a she has a little catalog. Of yeah, like catalog. I was I was on the flight coming back and I was pulling up like you know just old Rihanna albums and I was like, wait a minute, she got mad hits. Um, and she's just doing well. Like I heard she's coming up with a reggae album. I heard that too. So I'm. I want to see. I want to see. What tell you if there's one thing Rihanna does right, is anything dancehall reggae oriented. All her hits that she has, or even songs that don't get released, but they're on her album. Album. They're they, yeah. They're done well. Work. It works so well. And then when when work came out, I was like, just give us what we want, Rihanna. Us Caribbean folk, we want that. Give us more. Yeah. Um, watch and learn was like my favorite. Like that, I think that's a like that's a jam. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely Cardi B. Um, I, I I enjoy invasion um, invasion of privacy, and I'm from the Bronx, so I'm I'm gonna support that. Um, 
Jaden Smith, I actually like his album. Um, yes, I support his artistry. I like what he's doing just as a young man and a visionary and, you know, just like figuring it out. Um, I'm down for him. Um, and all of that, uh, Nitty Scott is somebody I listen to. What happened to Nitty Scott? I, I mean, feel I don't like know. She, I mean, I don't mean in a bad way, but I feel like I heard of her when she was coming up and I kept hearing this buzz. And I always remember her because she looks like Lauren London to me. And I always was like checking for her, but nothing came out outside of this one song I heard that she did with like Missy Elliott or maybe Missy Elliott produced it or wrote it. Or, it was very Missy Elliott-ish. Mm-hmm. And after that, I just didn't hear from her again. I'm like, where is she, actually? I mean, that's like the type of stuff that you got to dig for, too. Like, you got to be like, get ear to the streets and you got, you know what I'm saying? Because not everybody's mainstream. So it's like, right. but that's the great thing about like, the, the one thing about the phone and, and Instagram and Spotify is like, sometimes it's too much because there's so much music coming at you at once. And I'm older in the sense of I like to sit with my music. Like, J. Cole is one of like my favorite artists and that whole album i just been sitting with it, you know, and reading the lyrics and sitting with it and sitting with it. And it's a really solid, dope album. Um, you know, so sometimes it's like you're just getting bombarded, but you also get have the like the luxury to look for music and find people. Even on like like Spotify new releases is one is something I always used to just look, look through like music and look for people and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this. You know, like people like that. I'm, I'm kind of just always listening to different things. Um, but I'll never like stray away from my old school stuff, especially like old school '80s and '90s stuff. Like mm-hmm. I'm at that point now where it's like that's my song, or you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'll dig through different things. Um, so yeah, that's always gonna be dope. Like I've just listened, like my favorite Faith album, her first album. Like I was just playing that album front to back the other day. A good album too. Yeah, you know, I was just playing like so. For me, it's like I'll listen to anything from like Aerosmith, who was at Jazz Fest. So like, you might get like Cardi B, Aerosmith, George Michael, um, somebody like TT the artist, and I might come back and listen to J Cole and then Kendrick, and you know what I'm saying, and randomly, and the like, it's just like I'll be all over the place. It's a nice little mixture, but then I. But then I kind of feel too growing up like that's because since me and you are in the same obviously age range and from the same era, I feel like it's kind of reflective on younger too. Because I feel like we always heard like there was Beyonce and Destiny's Child, but then there was Jigga, and then you listen to Blink One Eighty Two, and Britney Spears was at her prime. Mm-hmm. So you know now it, it it's still kind of like we still kind of I'm I'm so happy that we do have access to these music at the drop of a dime with, you know, iTunes, titles, Spotify, things like that. Um, so yeah. hearing you say that you have such a diverse uh, musical taste, I can relate to that. And I'm sure Princess could relate to that also. Even though Princess is on the big, you know, she's she's on the more fresher side of things. You know, she's a little spring chicken out here. But she has an old soul. So I'm sure a lot of the stuff that we love, she loves too. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, whatever age you are, like, good music is good music. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you can always have that connection through music because it, it is the universal language. So, you know, you can hear something. And even if you've never heard it before, if it's dope to you, you know, it's dope. It's like when I listen to... um I was listening to Jaden's album and I was like, oh, I, I like this album. I think this is dope. You know what I'm saying? Or when I listened to um, like July 7th, like I, I was up on like some of his stuff and I was just like, oh, this is dope. You know what I'm saying? So it is, it, it just is like about getting, like letting your soul feel it and you just rock with it from there. Thank you, Tiff. Of course. Thank you so much for no giving us your insight, which has been amazing. And then just kicking it with us. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for even asking and having me. I'm always very humbled when somebody wants to talk to me. I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm like, what if we, like, what? Me? Like, so. I told so we had so much fun. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so good. Like, oh, I was telling Princess too that um, this was my third draft uh, that I've covered. I, ju- I covered. My first one was in the Mohegan Sun and then last year at uh, Samsung. 
Yeah, so you were there for that, yeah. Yeah, and this year, I just felt like a whole different vibe. Like, I just felt like I walked out of there feeling really good. Like, mm-hmm. not just because I had a wonderful time, not because it was just, you know, a great vibe and we did, you know, we did our work and we got a lot of good material, but I just walked away feeling really good about this season. Like, mm-hmm. overall, I just feel good about everything the WNBA got going on. And they've been blowing my mind lately because I every I get literally like four or five alerts from the WNBA per day, like on my Instagram or social media, because they mm-hmm. uploaded something or they updated something. And I'm just like, yes, like keep feeding me more. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I just walked away uh, feeling really good. We both did. And we definitely can attribute that to the vibe that you set. So keep doing what you do and you can always come back on the show. You can always come back, talk about anything. If you got any new projects going on, send it our way and we'll be sure to let our listeners know what you got going on. I totally appreciate that. And thank you guys for like making this platform, you know, just for women and just for everybody, you know, to to immerse themselves in the culture of sports and women and music and stuff like that. That's always just dope. Um, you know, and thank you for having me for sure. No problem. And we are going to wrap up this episode of the W Podcast. Before we wrap up, Tiff, where can people find you? You can find me at Tiff McFierce Everything. So T-I-F-F-M-C Fierce. That's Insta, all of the portals. Um, TiffMcFierce.com. Yeah, just Tiff McFierce Everything. Hashtag Tiff McFierce. <laughs> and you can obviously follow us at the W Podcast on social media, at the W Podcast underscore on Twitter. Me personally, you can follow me and everything I do with Beyond the W at Beyond the W on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook. And Princess can be found at <laughs> Princess B Streeter on Instagram and PB Streets underscore on Twitter. Thank you for talking to us and vibing with us and connecting with us. All right. Thanks, ladies. I'll talk to you soon.